the urban Iditarod, where people uh, you use shopping carts as uh, as sleds, uh-huh. and you basically stage the Iditarod through like thirty five miles of city with, shopping with teams cart? of people pulling the shopping carts and harness, and people riding in the shopping carts, and all these different shopping cart teams racing each other through the city. Welcome to Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank Podcast, the only podcast that pays you. All right. uh, what's up, everybody? How are you? Welcome to the show. Today, oh, it's a good one today. We got a good one today. Chuck Palahniuk. Palahniuk. Fuck. Come on, dude. Be a good host. Um, yeah, in Portland. This is a fucking great one. Uh, by the way, today's episode is brought to you by Dick Pills. It's Blue Chew, everybody. Your favorite sponsor. Hey, do you ever want to be hard and then you're not hard? Uh, well, BlueChew.com can help you with that. BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment for free when you use the special promo code Ari. Just the $5 of shipping. Well, so it's free for them, but then USPS takes their cut. The government always takes their cut, man. The government's taking a cut of your fucking boner. Um, you guys, it's fucking, you know what it is. It's fucking dick pills. <laughs> Bluechew.com. They'll fucking mail it to you. It's great. Um, they just mail you like a bunch of dick pills and then you fucking chew them. They're blue. And then you get fucking rock hard cocks. <laughs> Pretty fucking simple. Uh, um, what a fucking... What a fucking good day to be in New York. It's raining now, but man, it's fucking great. And if you live in New York and want a fucking boner, Bluechew.com. Promo code Ari. Try it for free. Um, yeah, you guys, you get it. No worries. FDA approved. All right, you get it. Um, so today we talked about something fun, something something super fun, the Cacophony Society. It's so I, I was always into getting, I was always into pranking people, you know, um, trolling, you might call it. It's all sort of different levels of the shit, it, it, and it's fucking fun. I like I like putting on experiments, you know? I like doing shit. And um So this is cacophony. So how do I get into this? How do I get into this? Man, I've done it's it's isn't it the best though when you actually fucking do something? When you actually like pull one over on somebody, you know? Where you're like nailed it, you know, where you just had them fooled. I did this thing where um in college my brother <laughs> and I had this thing <laughs> where we'd uh some were like, hey, what's that person's name? You know, you, you're talking to them, you forgot their name. And you go, uh, oh, that's that's Joe. And they'd be like, uh, oh, really? You're like, yeah, yeah, Joe. And then you, they'd make go out of their, their way because they knew the person. They knew this Joe, but they they didn't know his name. And so then they go out of their way like, hey, nice to see you again, Joe. And then uh, about a month later, you'll get the result when they'll come back to you. like, dude, that guy's name is not Joe. That guy, his name is Tony. And you're like, oh, yeah, I lied to you. <laughs> And they're like, why? I'm like, you're doing it. This is exactly why. I, we're in the middle of it right now. 
What do you mean? How do you not know? This is the why. This is the why. Um, yeah, it's just a fun. Sometimes they pay off, sometimes they don't pay off. If you want to hear a fucking good one, you just go to the end of my fucking album. No, my first special and hear the Bobby Lee shit car story. <laughs> That's it. Dude, I, I wish I had more time for shit like that. You know? I really wish I'd do to get back to basics. Get back to fucking just pulling a great prank on somebody. I fucking ran out of goddamn time before I could. Where the fuck did my time go? I wanted to fucking pull this thing on Luis Gomez and I had all this plan. I, I get it. I was on the road a little bit. But I just didn't get it done in time for Skankfest. God damn, it's annoying. Where the fuck does my time go? I I think it's that goddamn fucking not just social media but the computer. I think it's all of it. Right? You guys are listen, one time I, I remember one time me I, I made a bet with Sam Tripoli. I forget what the bet was, but I forget what we were betting on. But the bet was that if I lost and I did whatever, whoever lost had to go off um the phone, the computer, everything for 24 hours. And so then I did it. But what I didn't know uh, is they called the next week and Steve Renazizi called in and was like, uh, I texted Ari that day that he said he went off phone and computer. I was like, no, you didn't. I don't remember. Dude, when I woke up in the morning, he texted me and I texted him back. And I had forgotten about it. I had fucking forgotten about it. And so they called me on it and I was like, no way. He goes, check your, check your, this was back when I still had an iPhone. He was like, uh, check your phone. And I did. I was like, fuck, you're right. You're absolutely right. I fucking, I fucked up. I fucked up and I, I screwed off on the bet. And so then they're like, you got to do two days now. You got to do two days of no phone, no computer, no nothing. Um, and so I did it. I remember Kate Willett came to meet me for, for, uh, for once to get some tea or some shit. And, uh, and I was like, you got to, so listen, I'm not going to just come over at 12. I, I, I'm not going to be able to. Like tell you if I'm late or if you can't tell me if, I, if you're late, just buzz when you buzz. And so for two days, I had – so here's what I would do. I'd wake up in the morning. Let's say here's my day. Wake up in the morning and then I couldn't check my phone or my computer. And so I just lied there. I just lay there for like, I don't know, 30 minutes to an hour just thinking about – just like getting my day started mentally and thinking uh, maybe let's say 35, 40 minutes. And then I like picked up a book. I didn't feel like getting out of bed yet. You know, I'm used to doing the phone for like an hour and a half just in bed. And then I, I read like a chapter of a book. I forgot what I was reading back then. Um, you should read Choke, by the way, if you want to read a good book. Chuck Palahniuk. Palahniuk. Um, I never read Fight Club. I saw it, obviously. It was great. But the the book Choke, it's funny. I just gave it to a friend of mine. Um, it, it's a funny, just good, but if you're looking for one, I, I, you know, I'm not sponsored by those fucking book download places, but Abilify, that's not right. But, uh, yeah, Choke is a good one by Chuck Polinick. Um, anyway, so then I sat there and then I got up and I was like, well, I got nothing to do. Let's say now it's like 1 PM. So I, I'm up and I'm just like, let me get out. I can't like fucking look at YouTube. So I just started walking. I just went for a walk, got a bagel Sat in Tompkins Square Park, and then I fucking I ate my bagel, and I I brought a notebook and a, and a and a book, and I read another chapter. I wrote a little bit, a little bit, 
just sat there and thought and enjoyed the sun. Then by 3 p.m. or 5 p.m., let's say, I was like bored. So I went back to my apartment. You know, I showered and then kind of killed an hour and a half, maybe walked around a little more until 8 o'clock came around my spots. And then I did like, you know, two or three spots. And then I got home at like, looks like 1230 and or no, let's say it was, I think it was late. I think it was like 130. And then generally I would, I would, you know, um, watch TV or check the internet. I think I wasn't even allowed to watch TV back then. And, um, but I couldn't do that. So I was just like, ah. I just went to bed, you know, by like two, got up early the next day, 10, um, same thing, sat there for a while and then just like thought, read a little bit and got up and just wandered around and just like was killing time till I could go to my spots at night till eight o'clock rolled around. Just killing time. I mean, when we talk about not having enough time in the day, I had so much time. <laughs> I mean, I was killing. I mean, before it was like, fuck, 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 gotta do everything. And then it was just like so much that like, I, I wish there was less. And it was just being on all that shit, man. That night too, just went to bed early. Nothing to do, so I went to bed early. And then I... What? I don't know, dude. I gotta, I gotta fucking make a change. You know, I suggested this for the, for the, for the sober October challenge to fucking, to, to get off social media. I'll just tell you what I do. I check it once in a while. Like I'll get on there and I'll like, I'll like. uh Ask my lady to put a tweet up, or I can put a tweet up if it's short enough. It's 140 calendars, characters I can do it from my flip phone. But then, you know, you can't check what people do. But around my computer, I can. So I can get on there. I look at, like, when people Photoshop, when I say, who's this Photoshop? I can get on their computer, look at the Photoshops that are good, that I like, and then, like, choose one. And then I ask her to, like, hey, send a letter to this guy. Give me his, his PayPal and his, and his uh, Instagram, you know, so I can credit him and pay him. Um, and then occasionally I fall, you know, I'll fall into like a rabbit hole. Someone will send me something and I'll just look at comments on something. Not, not so much on mine, but on other people's. I like watching arguments and stuff, but generally it's like email. I'm in there for a while and it's just like, I don't know, dude. I, I just, I don't have the time I had. So anyway, I suggested like we get off social media for sober October, and I, you know, unlike, you know, whoever, I, I don't think that like, you know, I get it. I, I have an advantage on this one. I got an advantage on this one. Actually, that was the bet with Sam Tripoli. I was like, I'll get off everything because you're on your phone so much. You don't want to get off your phone, but you know, I'm barely on my phone, so it's an unfair bet. So I'm like, I'll get off everything. How about that? I was sure I was gonna win. I forgot what that bet was on Punch Drunk, but I was sure I was gonna win, and I didn't. So for this too, I was like, it'll be a nice chance to get off social media completely. And then I was going to up it to be like, I'm going to get off everything. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, and then I'm like, okay, so why am I waiting? Why am I waiting for, for fucking Bert, who's, who's an addict on that shit? And I know he uses it for promotion and stuff, but he's an addict. And I see these addicts around you guys. It's like, it's unhealthy. I don't know. It like, it affects your, I, I got to take a break. I got to take a break. Do you know there are, there are parents? Cause you know, everyone likes the like, 
you know, to get a like. It, it, they addict you on purpose. They use like they, – they went from like a, a blue star to a red heart because they thought red addicts people more. They have engineers working on how to get you to do it more and more. We all kind of know that, right? We all kind of know that. Um, and the idea that we can like overcome these like skilled trained engineers with, with no training on our own is – it's kind of ridiculous. So we all, we all like the idea of a like. You post something when people like when a lot of people like it, it feels better than when not a lot of people like it. Whatever you post, whatever your number is, you know, if you get twenty likes usually, and you get forty, and this one feels great. If you get twenty thousand, you get forty thousand, feels great. So what I'm saying is, um, you know, kids, little kids, seven, eight, ten year olds, they want to please their parents, right? And their parents, because everyone likes the like. Uh, they like taking pic- pic- pictures of their kids. Before, it was just pictures so they could show their friends. But now, it's so they can put it up on Instagram. Same thing with dogs used to be, you know? They want their dogs to do cute shit. So when their kid does something cute, what they'll do is um, they'll take a picture of it and they'll post it. Like, look at my kid. Look how cute he is or she is, you know? She's got pigtails and she she put uh, lipstick on for the first time. She's only eight. Ha, ha, ha. Look at that. Let me take a picture. You don't think that kid senses your interest? So they do, right? Kids feel love by interest in their, from their parents. That's, that's how they receive love. Your parents show you interest and you're like, you, you feel positive and happy about that. You're nine years old. So you did something like you, you put a fucking, you know, you got in the mud or something like that. And you get shit all over your hands and your mom's like, oh, don't move. And instead of being mad or whatever, which is fine, she'll be like, oh my God. And then she takes a picture and she's like, march upstairs to the bedroom right now, or bathroom and fucking wash off. But she takes that picture and the kid sees it. And then innately, these kids, they're starting to sense like, this is how I get attention from my parents, doing Instagrammable things. And they get a sense of like, what is Instagrammable and what's not. They get that sense. Kids are like... Not smart. That's not the word. Um, you know, when they just sense something. You know what I'm talking about. So then they start doing more and more Instagrammable things on purpose because that'll get mommy or daddy to show me love by show me attention. And that's the pressure on them now. I can get attention from my parents, love my parents. Everybody wants love from their parents by doing cutesy stuff. They get way less attention by doing all their math homework. So these kids, because of their parents' addiction, are incentivized to concentrate on things that are not going to make them as well-rounded person because of the addiction of their parents. You get it? And then there's other fucking problems too where I'm like, I don't leave the house on time. Do you guys ever get this? I, I, I am checking Facebook or, or email or YouTube, and I'm like, okay, let's say I got to leave at 2, and it's 1.15, so I'm like, all right, let me fucking, you know, kill a few minutes or, or check my email real quick. You got to check your email. And then suddenly it's 2.15, and I'm late. Or, or, or it's in the morning, and I want to get out. Sunday morning for people who have jobs. <laughs> Every day is a Sunday day for comedians. Um, and you just don't get out in time. Or I'm late for the airport because of this, like... I got to take a break. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to wait for Bert. He's never going to come around. I thought that'd be fun and actually it'd be healthy for me. But then it hit me like, why? Why am I waiting for him? In, in high school, I used to do these things. High school and college, I used to do these challenges to myself. These like legit challenges. So like uh, one time I tried not lying for a week 
no lying at all for one week and just see if I could do it. And it was fucking tough. I got in a lot of trouble for it. Another time I tried putting a, my grades in the first year of Shiva University. They, they didn't give grades on, on, on phone or email. They pass them out. You know, they go wait in line and get them and they're in an envelope. And you know how important grades are, the end of the year grades. So I got them and I was like, let me see if I can not check these for a week or a month, whatever it was. Did I not lie for a month? No way. Um, and so I put them in my jacket pocket and I just kept them there. And I'm like, I'm not checking it. Everyone's like, what'd you get? I'm like, I don't know yet. Like, what are you doing? And I don't even know what I was doing. I didn't masturbate once for fucking over a year. August 3rd of the year I live with DeRosa and, and, and I here and, and uh, Alice Keeley, Alex Smith in Edinburgh. I didn't masturbate. I stopped masturbating the night, the, in Ireland the night before. And then I just stopped and I, all through my travels didn't masturbate. Only time I could come is if I was fucking, that's it, fucking. Yeah, I thought it would make me more social at, at Edinburgh, and it did. It was like mate chicks. Afterwards, because I wasn't masturbating, I wasn't like you know drained of my juice. Um, people were like, hey, you want to come out for drinks? And I, instead of like, uh, nah, this looks like two guys and two girls. I don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to hook up here. I'd be like, sure, maybe. You know, maybe it'll work out, so let's go. Yeah, absolutely, I'll come with you guys to drinks. It made me more social. It did. It did its task. It was tough when I was traveling in hostels and not fucking at all because I didn't have anybody that you know, I had sex with. So I had to like, it was like a month, dude. I got thirsty when you don't fuck or masturbate. You start getting weird. Um, and so I would do these personal challenges. And so I was, I was kind of hoping we could do that for, for this sober October thing. But why wait? You know, why wait for that? So I'm doing it. I'm just getting, I'm getting off everything. I'm, 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 I'm done. I'm out, you guys. There's no way. I, I, okay, it's not going to be forever, but just like, I got to take my fucking life back. There's things I want to do that I, there's no reason I haven't gotten to. I want to write a travel book. Why have I not gotten to that yet? It's because it's fucking, and it's not just social media, for sure not. For sure not. YouTube, which by the way, used to be a fun, instructive place where you learn how to you know, edit your podcast and like change a tire and do shit. Now it's just like, with these algorithms, it's like fucking haven of, of negativity. I don't mean people being negative. I mean making your mind get negative. So you know what I tried to do? They, uh, uh, there's videos on this. How they, they, what they want is advertisers. They say this. Like anytime you don't, you don't pay for a product, you're the product. Does that make sense? Like someone's making money. So it's off your habits, your spending habits, everything like that. So on YouTube, on Facebook, it's free, right? But who's going to do that? Who's going to do all that work for free, for nothing? They want your information. And so YouTube or Facebook, whatever, if they can turn you into an advertising specific, um, then they can like, market to you better. Like uh, you ever see those ads on, on like football for like systems, like IBM systems? You know who they're marketing to? Fucking 40 people around the country who buy like, you know, 800 computers for their company or servers. None of us buy servers. So that's a waste on football for 99.9% of the people watching. But for those few people they get. Now, if there was a fucking website all the server buyers hung out in, they would go there for sure because that would be such a specific place. So what they want you to do is become specific. And they figured they do that through making you emotional. Okay? This is shit you can look up. Uh, do. Do. Search for it. I'm not going to now. I've already got the information in my head. 
I'll try to find one and put it up with website. This one fucking chubby dude said it really well. I sent it to my manager. I'll find that. I'll put it up on the website. And so they figured out that if you can emotionalize somebody, either to love or to hate, they can really get like that's what your true self is, whatever you're into. So they can really market to you because now this is so specific to who you are because you're emotional and that's your that's your buying state. So um, they said a love or hate doesn't matter to them, but the only problem is hate is way easier to get you to than love. So they'll do stuff that riles you up. Sometimes on purpose, sometimes not. Sometimes it's just the algorithm. It riles you up. And what riles you up gets that emotional state faster. So that's what you end up clicking on. If there's three videos and two say, you know, or one says, shit, I, you know, I can't believe this person did this awful thing. And two say, look at this cute thing. You're going to click on the awful thing, even though you don't want that in your life. I don't know. I don't know what it is about the body that craves that fucking negativity. So they just feed you more and more of it. And so now you're looking around the world like there's all this hatred. There are, this is the first time in our history that every group, black, white, poor, rich, men, women, they all feel like they are losing. Every group feels like they're losing. It's, it's crazy. That can't be, it can't be possible. We're all doing better than we've ever done before financially. You know, the environment's getting worse, but we haven't really felt it yet, except in like catastrophes. Day to day, in most places, we don't feel it. But we keep hearing about all this crazy shit that happened. Charlottesville was 40 people. Why am I hearing about that? So it fills you with negativity. So you know what I tried once? I tried cultivating my own YouTube algorithm. I tried for like a week straight to only search and only click on cute puppy videos because it gives you more of what you click on. If you click on a right-wing you know, uh, pundit, it's going to give you more right-wing pundits. If you give a bunch of like, can you believe what Trump did? It's going to give you more of those. You know? Fail blogs. If you're into that, you know you'll get a suggested that. Uh, some concert videos. You'll get suggested more concert videos. So I was just like, let me just do only puppy videos. And it started to feed them to me. I searched, I clicked on them, you know, uh, dog greets soldier coming home, um, you know, mama, mama German shepherd teaches her kids how to be quiet, how to behave, something like that. And then it started feeding you more and more of them. And I click on more and more for a week. I would try to only click on that. And then it started like cultivating that as like, this is must be what you like. This gets you emotional. And then they started advertising to me. Dog collars, dog food. Other cute things. They know who I was and they could advertise stuff not so, not so as obvious as like dog collars and shit like that. But like the type of person who would be into cute dogs would also be into this and this. I'd start seeing ads for like different products than I normally see. But either way, my mood was set because I was like watching puppies all day. And if you watch a bunch of fucking videos or, or stories about how people beat dogs, you'll think they're beating dogs all day everywhere. And if you watch them about puppy videos, you think there's cute puppies all day everywhere. Your, your mind, your, your idea of the world is based on what they're feeding you. It's no longer a great place to go out learn how to do something. I check that email over and over and over again. To see what comes in. Sometimes I look at it and don't get back to it. And then I just keep looking at it until it drops off my first page and then it drops out of my mind. But it just worries me. But why? I, 
I'm getting off everything. I'm getting off everything. I, 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 had, I walked around Manhattan on Monday, the last day of the holiday, and I was just clear. It was moon day. So Adbusters is doing a thing where they're calling for every full moon to not, not at all be online. Turn your devices off for the full moon. Fell on Shroomfest here. Full, full Strawberry Monday. Get off your devices completely. And if you can't do it, you'll notice that you can't. And I, I couldn't. I kept turning it on here. That first to watch the time. And I'm just talking about my flip phone. And I keep turning it off again. Like, no, don't use it. I said I was going to use it today. It kept pulling me in to do something. So I'd be sitting there and wandering around. I found myself at the docks. And I'm sitting there. And I start thinking. My mind starts expanding and moving, you know, when you're bored. And then I'm like, well, let me get my phone out. And then I was like, no, why? Dude, that boredom is when you fucking succeed. That's when you get to like anything's possible. You let your mind go fallow, go to this place of like, ugh, this doesn't feel comfortable. And it will fill in the blanks. That discomfort is where how you grow for everything. When you're on stage and you bomb, you can either just not go back on stage again so you don't have that feeling. Or you can like improve so you don't have that feeling. Nobody wants to sit on a bomb. So you're like, get me back on stage, dude. I got to fucking get that off me. I got that stink fucking off me. You know? And so when you're not feeling, when you're like bored, you want to like do whatever fastest to like get rid of the boredom, which is maybe check Instagram or maybe check your email or Facebook or YouTube or even ESPN.com. That's the same shit, man. I check that shit 15 times a day for what update that I can't find once at the end of the day. For what? What am I looking for the second time? I'm not following along with the draft or watching a fucking game cast or some shit like that. I mean, like, what's going to change? So it's just like I'm checking it over and over again to fill that boredom so I don't have to like bother thinking, you know? But then... It's like, you need to think. That's how you get shit done. So when I was on this walk, I'm at the dock. I pull my phone. I'm like, no, put it back away. I'm bored. I got to fill that boredom. I'm bored. I got to fill that boredom. I start looking around. I start observing my surroundings. Walking around one of the most exciting cities in the world. Manhattan, New York. Through Chinatown. I watched a fucking, obviously I was on drugs. But like, I watched a soccer game for a while. I, I watched a handball game for a while. It was a handball, two on two on two. It was so fucking cool. 30 minutes, 20 minutes I watched. Something like that. This is my city. I never do it. I'm stuck inside on a fucking computer. Because I can't just do the work and get off. I'm sure if, if you're more responsible or whatever, you can be. But I'm only talking about myself now. I will real briefly say that I think most people are addicted to that shit. All of it. Definitely when you have the phones on you, which is like carrying a pack of cigarettes on you at all times and trying to quit. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen people pull away from social situations to do what? To check your feed? Not even responses or anything? Just to check whatever? It's fucking bathroom reading, you guys. You all know it. It's bathroom reading, and we're doing it during the day when we're around our friends. So I let myself fucking, you know... My mind go blank and then it just starts exploding. It's kind of like that deprivation tank, you know? When you have no stimuli, your mind just starts filling it in. 
And so I just started thinking about stuff, bit ideas and, and, and just fucking ideas on life and what I want to do, what I want to get back to. There's just too much responsibility that comes with email. I, I no longer want to see it all. I just don't. It's mostly stuff I could care less about. I definitely care less about that than a walk in the park. A walk in the park in a nice day is more important to me than the other shit. And you could say like, yeah, but the other shit's going to lead to whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, I care. I would rather be walking in the park. And you all know you'd rather be doing that. You, you look in your offices and you look outside and you're like, part of you is like, I want to be out there. Obviously, you want to be out there. Nobody wants to go to work if it's an actual job and not a fucking passion. So obviously, you want to do this. So why am I fucking checking my email then? I got a pretty good life, man. I think some of it's the feel that you're letting people down if you don't fucking check that shit. They're, they're, they need you. You know, you ever text somebody and then like 10 minutes later or 15 minutes later, like, hello, I need an answer to that. And you're like, but you know, when someone texts you, you could be doing all sorts of things, watching a movie, uh, in a meeting with a friend, you know, or, or just having it in your pocket and not checking it, having it in the other room, taking a shit, taking a shower, but like, come on, where are you? And it's like, you wouldn't expect it to, uh, you, you wouldn't expect that they would need it of you. So why do you expect it of them? But you still feel like that. You want it right now. And so you don't want to let anybody down. So you're like, I got to keep getting back to these shits. I got to keep getting back to it. I'm out. I'm doing a month. I'm doing a month. Louis said he does those, uh, he does those pouches now. Those uh, yonder pouches. And he said one of the interesting things is that he's noticed is after he's done, after his show's over, and, you know, he goes, thank you, good night, and the applause. He goes, suddenly, here's tons of talking. People are talking about what they just saw. They have, their be- they have their phones in pouches, so they can't get to them yet. They have to go outside and get a, get a, get a metal thing, to, I mean, a magnet to, like, undo them. And they're talking. What do they just see? Which jokes do they like? Or, you know, we got to get the babysitter, whatever it is. But they're talking to each other. And he said it's different than what it used to be before the pouches. Where he'd finish, they'd clap, and then there would just be this weird silence as everyone gets out their phone. I see it on podcasts. You finish, and then instead of like, hey, what do you want to do? Or talking about something personal that you couldn't talk in a podcast, you get out your phones. Let me see what I've missed for the last, you know, one to three hours. I got to see what I've missed. One to three hours. Not a week gone. One to three hours, and I got to check it right now. We're all addicted. From now on, I'm going to center on myself. But that's what you notice. It's a good observation, man. It's not just the phone. It's all of it, man. It's YouTube, social media. I mean, Instagram, Twitter, mostly Facebook. But ESPN there too. It's, it's all of it. I want to get off all of it. Just for a month, I want to check. Do you know, I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to be looked at as a consumer anymore. I don't want to be looked at that. I don't want that to be my value of the world. Is that I'm a consumer. You know, I, I think I have more to offer to the world than my, than my buying choices, than my purchases. I think we all do. We have more, way more to offer than just, you know, I can, I can help commerce. Do you know about that Facebook shit? That Facebook ad profile? When I- 
historians find us We'll be in our homes Plugged into our hubs Skin and bones A frozen smile on every face As the stories we play This must have been a wonderful place Okay, here's how you find it. You go to, wait, how'd you get to this? Account settings. Mm-hmm. How do you get to account settings? Settings. Settings. Okay, do this on your, on your, on your um, mobile app. Um, settings, and then account settings, you scroll down until, fuck, I messed it up, huh? Nope. Add preferences. Add preferences. It's down there. And then your information, it's in green. Click on that. And then your categories. Uh, review and manage your categories. That one? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, okay, so then these are the things it says for my friend. It just describes her as a consumer. It says, you guys, you should all do this as soon as I'm done. <laughs> Follow all that. Away from family, which you are. Mm-hmm. You live away. Away from hometown. Birthday in May. Facebook access. Your browser is Chrome. It knows that about you. It knows that you're a 4G and a Wi-Fi user. Frequent travelers, friends of soccer fans. It knows that about you, that you're friends of soccer fans. You're likely engagement with U.S. political content liberal. Long-distance relationship. Some of these are right. Some of these are wrong, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's close. It's just all it does is trying to find out who the fuck you are so it can make you buy shit. That's all they care about you as a consumer. Long-distance relationship, management, uh, you're a mobile network or device user. You own the iPhone 6S. You're a potential mobile network or device change. Damn. U.S. politics, very liberal. Wow. Accurate. Damn. Everyone go do that for, your, for, for yourselves and then see what um, they view you as. It's not like pretty cool person, <laughs> funny in parties. Your categories, I'm going to backwards. Your categories... Uh, review and manage your categories. Um, your information from ad prep, ad preferences to your information to those two things, and the, and the ad preferences in account like account settings. Damn. Um, so yeah, that's what you are when you go on there. They're just treating you like a fucking consumer. God, that's annoying. You don't want to be that. There's more to life than being fucking known as a consumer. I'm on Facebook. You might say, like, why don't you delete it? And uh, you know, I don't. I, I got almost all the way down. I saw the negative impact Facebook had in my life. I think it's the number one, according to Adbusters. I mean, if you read it enough, that's their number one fucking villain is Facebook. They pull you in with like, just use your Facebook password. You know, log in with Facebook. It's easier, and then you're in. You're always in. You can't delete it. Even if you delete it, Gomez tried to do it. Delete it. They still save it. So if you ever want to come back on. It's like you never left. Everything's still there. You can't really delete it and start from scratch. 
It's insidious. Anyway, at some point I saw the negativity that Facebook was adding to my life. Forget about turning me into a consumer. I saw the negativity that was associated with it, where it's like I'm getting into political arguments with people I don't know about topics I don't really understand. I'm not that political. I've talked more about politics in the last few years than I care to at all. I mean, it's like I don't care about that shit. Let's talk about sports. Let's talk about the fucking weather. I'd rather talk about the weather. It adds more to my life. I'm not a policymaker. I don't give a fuck. You're getting mad at people for having different views when their views don't matter. They don't make a difference. And you're still getting angry at them. And I'm getting angry at them. And so it's like, wait, how did I even become Facebook friends with you? I don't even know where I know you from. I started a big purge. My friend Sarah in, in um, Hong Kong told me that. She goes, what you do is every time somebody says it's this person's birthday, if you don't remember them, get rid of them right there on their birthday. Happy birthday, motherfucker. Kick it to the curb. Um, and then I went through a giant purge. And at some point, then I was like, all right, I've got only friends left. And at some point, it's still negativity. There's so many liberals and, 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 and conservatives and people just like at each other's throats. Because as I told you, they want you to make you angry. That it was like all just mad. It used to be, it would make me mad because people would post pictures of their fucking dogs. And then it became their kids. And it's like, I'm too much. I don't fucking care. Oh, God, I wish those days were back. I wish I longed for those days when you have too many fucking kid pictures for me. At least it's something you really cared about. By the way, if you ever see me posting pictures of my kids, you are more than welcome to say, Ari, you've changed. You had a thought about the world that this was lame and gross, and now you've changed. So um, so I realized it was like filling my life with negativity, and it's like, well, why am I still on there? I was like, well, some of these people I want to stay in touch with. And I was like, who? Who do I want to stay in touch with? Big J? Who, who do I want to stay in touch with? Metzger? Who do I want to stay in touch with? Matt Edgar? I have their numbers. I have their numbers. I can stay in touch with them. If I ever need them, I can, I can just contact them. But I don't need to see them at their base anger level online arguing with people. So I deleted everyone except the people I met while I was traveling. People in Denmark and Austria that I'm like, I don't have their number or email address. And... Um, it's too hard to contact them otherwise. So just my travel friends, just people from foreign countries. But I'm still in there on Facebook and they're still fucking, maybe that's why I didn't, didn't like register on my, on my own thing. You guys should all pause and do that. You really should. Go back fucking four minutes from now, exactly four minutes from now. Look how I fuck, or maybe five minutes from now. Look how I fucking found it. Look on your app. See what you are to them. And then see if you're not a little disgusted and don't want to be there. And what are you really getting at? What am I really getting out of it? Just travel friends. I, I, yeah, I don't want to lose touch with them. So they keep me in just based on that. There's always some good. You need directions. So Google Maps, of course it's good. You don't want to find a good restaurant. So Yelp is right there. Of course it's good. But then sometimes you use too much. And I've seen Google Maps be used too much where people look at their map when they're on their way to the fucking work that they take the same route every day. Why are you looking at your map? You've done it. I've done it. You keep looking to make sure you're going the right way and then you're missing your surroundings. I think I'm going to ask my travel friends, the people I go hiking with, I think I'm going to ask if we can move it to to an email or at least to WhatsApp. I know they're fucking, I know they're fucking grabbing your information on WhatsApp too. It's all fucking owned by the same people, I think, but 
At least there's no ads on WhatsApp. At least there's no fucking horrible negativity and shit. You're just fun, friendly. Here's here's what it used to be on the other things. Fun pictures of travel pictures. It's like in the old days, it used to be like, come over to my house and look at my slides from my trip to Italy. That that was the beginning of social media. It was just a version of that, and it was wonderful. So maybe WhatsApp for my for my hiking group will be that. I think we can go to Norway next year. That's our plan next summer. It's got to be some great hikes in Norway, right? Um, they're the ones I went to Austria and Italy border with to, to Tyrol. Yeah, I think I'm done for a little bit, and we'll see what it does to me. We are everyday robots on our phones In the process of getting home Looking like standing stones Out there on our own Anyway just turns you against things and I, I don't know man I, I don't want someone affecting my thoughts you know I want to get I want to get my thoughts like I mean all my thoughts that's what I want to get all my thoughts into what I'm for instead of what I'm against that's the number one thing I saw in Berlin that people were just they were for something and the internet I don't know dude more and more, it's, 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 it's turning me into what I'm against. I don't like it. I don't like it. I, I keep finding myself there at this place of like, I hate this or I hate that. And, and, you know, it might be like these people are trying to stop our free speech or whatever. You walk down the street and not, everything's fine. You walk down the street without your computer, without your phone. And there's no, there's no, nothing's falling from the sky, man. And, and it's turning my thoughts to a negative place and I don't like it and I don't want to be there. I mean, what, what, what am I for? That's what I want to get back to. What am I for? What do I like doing? I like putting on a great live show. I like being around friends. Those are things I enjoy doing. I like putting deserving comics over. But, but it's like, that's not what I end up talking about. That's not, that's not what it occupies the space in my thoughts. And I shouldn't. I, sh- I should go into things with like, with like resolve. I should, I should enter into things with like, this is why I'm going into something, with some sort of mindfulness, you know? So when I express myself on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, it's not about some shit I don't care about. Why, why makes, why, you know that feeling where you want to say something serious? And you're like, why am I doing that? That's an urge. I don't know where it comes from. But, but and I don't mind being serious if I do it on purpose. Like if I shit on the Lakers, you know, it might not be a joke. But I, I want to do that. I want to be the guy who's against the Lakers. I like that. So that's fine. I'm doing it on purpose. Not just because like, well, I got to fill up time right now. Or I got to fucking, you know, I, I want to get some likes. So I'd say something. No, do something because you feel it. I want to go into things with the intention of playfulness or even mischief, you know, but like, but, but know my feelings and go and, and, and have it not even written down, but just thought out in my head and just try to like honor those feelings. So I'm going off everything. I'm going to go off everything. So I'm going to have to take some steps. 
just for a month and not forever, just for a month. I'm going to try to like completely leave all that and see what happens to my thoughts. See if I have to like go to bars more to, to make friends. Dude, that's what happened when I, when I travel, you know, when you travel, there's okay. I've talked to my travel friends about this. I, I like travel, Ari. We, we've talked about it. The people that I met when I was gone. The we that we were was, was a we we could be proud of. There were so few moments where you were like disappointed in yourself. And during that time, I made these. So, okay. I don't know if this is everyone's experience. When I travel, when I get lost, I get this clarity. Things that don't matter start to drop away. Some at first, some a little later, and then, then more and more. The gossip from your life ceases to matter. And so you just stop thinking about it. Stops, uh, it stops taking up a place in your brain. Politics that you don't care about stops taking a place in your brain. And eventually it was like, well, what do you care about? And you just got really clear. Your mind was like more focused because you just had time to think without this clutter. And during those times of, of mental clarity, and I get it from sometimes from drugs too. I just did Duncan Trussell's podcast, and, 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 and I had this theory about how that he, he, he really – God, this guy's smart and interesting. Um, the Duncan Trussell family are, if you're looking for it. It's a, the last one, I think, or two ago, and um, as of right now, the end of June. Um, by the way, I'll be in Indianapolis July 31st and uh, – <laughs> And uh, Turner Hall, Milwaukee, August 4th. Um, and then Madison, tons of other shit later in the year. Uh, the Borgata in September. Um, helping Gary Veter come to Vegas. I'll be there for a couple days, the first week of September. Um, he's recording a special. Anyway, yeah, sending people over. Gary Veter's recording a CD at the Comedy Cell in Las Vegas. He's going to call it Veter Las Vegas. He's doing it in 15s. So I'm doing Monday and Tuesday on my way back from a wedding on the West Coast. I'm going to stop in and do a Monday and Tuesday. If you're a fan of mine, come to the show and fucking, you know, get into Gary Veter when he's there. It'll be four sets that you'll see him if you want to come see him. Um, if you heard him before and I was there last time, I hopefully you're a pothead and you forgot it. He's funny. Tons of good jokes. Laugh your ass off. You know, don't go crazy. Don't push it. But, like, have a good time. Let yourself have a good time. Monday and Tuesday I'll be there. He'll be there the whole week, that first week of, of September. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, so there are these rules I made for myself while I was gone and I, and I haven't honored them. I've gone backwards on a lot of them. And one of them was don't check, don't check any technology till noon. That worked for a little while. And then I didn't, I started waking up at like 1230, which is fine. But then I was like, it's already noon. So then I was checking for my bed, bringing my computer over to my bed, doing the loop, you know, the loop. Facebook, texting, iMessage on my computer, uh, email, and then loop. You might add Instagram. You might add, you know, Reddit. You might add whatever, a news source, and then the, and you go back to the first one. email again, uh, texting again, Facebook again, email again, CNN.com again, ESPN, YouTube, back and but just looping. You've checked it all. And so I said, I don't want to do that till noon. I've gone backwards on it. 
I, I've said another time, I was like, all right, if I'm going to check something, do it at a coffee shop. I live in Manhattan. I should be out in the world. So bring your computer to a coffee shop. And now at least if you're checking, you're out. You've started your day. You know, you've at least done something. They pull you in, man. I really think it's so that you can be a consumer. You know, Adbusters talks about it. Let me fucking find this thing from Adbusters. It was so good. It was about fucking advertising, what it does to you. When I just read them behind. January, February 2019. New ways to love life, live, love, and think. Adbusters is an anarchist art magazine. I've done, a, I've done an interview with the fucking founder, Kelly Lassen. It'll be out. At some point. Page. I don't even know. They don't even do pages. <laughs> it's so fucking out there, this magazine. I don't even know what fucking pages is. Yeah, they don't really do pages. Somewhere, I don't know, a third in. Advertising is brain damage. The first step out of the labyrinth is so simple that it sounds more like a joke than the beginning of a journey towards mental freedom. But here it is. Look away. Avert your eyes. Treat every advertisement as an infotoxin, a damaging dose of mind pollution, an addictive dopamine brain rush you don't want to have. Treat it that way. That's not it's me talking again. Treat it that way where it's like damaging. Now back into it. Two things will happen. First, you'll find out how many ads actually penetrate your brain every day because you'll be conscious about it. And if you stick with it, you may experience a strange high as often happens in Zen meditation, yoga, or gardening. A lightheadedness, a surge of optimism, a mental glow. Once you've had this experience, you're on your way. You've looked away from the flickering shadows in the cave wall and seen the light at the end of the tunnel. You've broken the trance. You got to be mindful of it. It's hard though. It's hard because these fucking, you know, these like, I don't know, man, it's design. Oh, that's another thing it wrote. It was all talking about how fucking. <sighs> it talks about how like designers are, are, are made to think that like if you work for the ad companies, that that's what you should be doing. But like you're artists, you guys are artists and, you, and you're just like you're using your art to sell cigarettes and and draw straight lines. And the thing is, when you draw straight lines, so they advertise, they want to turn you into a specific thing and they want everyone to fall into a line into a specific thing, but that's not life. Life was full of wild emotions. Love and art. This is shit I want to have more time for. Shit that makes me more interesting in a conversation, as base level as that is, and then it goes up from there. But like reading novels, going to the movies, going to plays, walking around, man, observing things, talking, not just about... Finding out shit from fucking websites, information. Here's another thing I said in that one. I don't know if this fits or not, but. (sighs) Our obsession with identity politics is a huge part of the problem. It's wonderful and essential that we on the left are empathetic souls who care deeply for the downtrodden and fight with passion for justice everywhere. But. A self-righteous and finger-pointing brand of political correctness has now become the essence of who we are and the spirit of much of what we do.
I see a lot of times artists fighting this. There's a, I've heard of artists like deleting Instagram off their, off their phones. I mean, they have to use it for work, right? So what they do is they re-download it, use it, and then take it off because they, they know they can't trust themselves because it's influencing how they see the world. They're trying to fit into an Instagrammable, like this is the most people have likes if they do this, you know, this will get me the most likes. And the world wants you to fit into that way. This is what most people are. So be this so we can advertise to you. Straight lines. But the thing is, some people have crazy different views. Some people are way into stamp collecting. Some people are into dark shit. Some people are into light shit. And and you start seeing the world through the version of the world they give you. And that's not who you are. And what I want from my artists is fucking your way of thinking. Not how you fit into this way of thinking. You fit into the, the, the prescribed version of the world. There's no, there's no place for art. There's no place for love. There's no place for fucking nature. So like whenever they do like art installations at like music festivals now, a lot of times they're like, we want Instagrammable stuff because, you know, everyone's looking for Instagram pictures. But that's not true. That's not true. A large majority of people are looking for Instagram pictures. You know? So like for 80% of people, you get backdrops, you know, those fucking butterfly wings shit on a wall, angel wings. That's great. That's exactly what they're looking for. So kudos to them. But for the 20% of people like me, that's not what I'm looking for at all. At Firefly in, in, in Delaware Festival, they have this like place where you go sit on hammocks. It's dark. They have shit that's available. That's like that they had a few years ago. They had this or last year anyway, not this year. They had this disco ball that it, it, it was right in the middle, about eye height, and these lights would come in from, uh, you know, twenty degrees up and hit it from far away. And in the mist of the fog and shit, it, it was just when you're on drugs, acid for me that night, and probably Molly. It's mesmerizing, and you just sat there and stared at it. <laughs> these guys behind us in line, this dude with like a backwards baseball cap with the sunglasses on his neck behind. He was like. I think he must have been drunk. He was like, fucking $2 Walmart forest. <laughs> and man, we laugh so hard. You miss it when you're on your phone. You miss that. You miss these little fucking moments where everyone can get into. There's an etiquette to drug use. You don't get on your fucking phone. But anyway, those camics and shit, that's perfect for me. It's not Instagrammable at all. But that's what I'm looking for. And when they don't have that, when they don't have that available, what happens is the 20% have to just fucking... Do what the 80% does and do it kind of badly. But like, I guess I should take a picture in front of this Instagrammable thing. So these artists who don't want to be influenced by it are taking it off or doing as little as possible. Brett Easton Ellis, Simone just sent me this, talking about the dangers of technology. It was a long time ago. He, uh, he wouldn't have a television in his house. He thought it influenced him too much. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to write down everything before, before July starts. Before I leave for, for Cardiff and, and, and Glastonbury. And I can make do. I can make do. You're like, well, what am I going to do with that technology? I mean all of it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my TV and watch Netflix and shit, you know, if I have to. Uh, watch movies. I'm going to use a landline. Um, I'm turning off my texting. I'm turning off my texting. You won't be able to text me. I'm going to change my email password so only my lady has it. She's going to check for emergencies. I'll, I'll call 
on my landline, my manager and agent, you know, every couple of days, if anything important comes up. And when I'm out, I'm not going to have my phone. And then it's like, well, what are you going to do if somebody needs you? I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it. And it'll be okay for a month. The fact that I, you can't even imagine doing this for a while, it shows how fucking shitty it is. I decided to do this a couple of days ago and, I, and I'm fucking, it filled me with anxiety, which means, yeah, for sure do it. Things that are challenging to you uh, don't feel comfortable. So I'll write down all my flights, all my car rental things for the month. Um, where are you going to eat? I don't know. I'll walk around, dude. I got on a boat. I was, so I was by that dock, you know, on mushies. Mushrooms I got from some guy in Columbus. Whoever gave me those things in Columbus, thank you. This, this podcast is dedicated to you. Bluetooth.com and you. I mean, I guess, obviously, this is getting very long. All right. Well, Chuck, Chuck Palahniuk will be. I'll do that next week. That'll be next week. I'm also not going to do podcasts. I'm going to, I'll, I'll pre-upload a couple. I'll do Chuck's next week or in a week and a half or something like that. And then I'll do one more after that. And then when I'm back in August, I'll, I'll, do, I'll start recording them again. I, I want to I do with none of it. I don't want to view the world through like how, how I am to people. You know what I mean? Like the way you, you view Instagram, like this is an Instagramable moment. The, the roses, but, but you're not viewing it as like, what do I like about the roses? The smell or things like that. You ignore fun smells because you can't Instagram them. That wasn't the best example. I'm usually better. And I don't want to present myself to anybody. I just want to observe. I'll go on stage for sure because that's, that's my art form, you know? That's what I do. Um, this here is for stand-up draw. I'm good at it. Oh, I know that, but it's not my art form. Um... Yeah, I'm not going to record any podcasts. I'll upload a couple that I've already done. I'll do the next one. Will be Chuck Palahniuk and the and the uh, and the Cacophony Society. Fun, fun podcast. You guys will really like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'll set it to pre-upload. And I'm just out for July. And I guess the end of June too, when I'm in Glastonbury. I mean, maybe to talk to my group. Maybe I'll keep it a little bit for that. But once July first comes, everything's off. I will use the phone from home. TV's fine. That's it. If I got to get like, if I don't know, if some script I got to read or something I got to read, then I'll tell my agent and manager, like, well, send it to your office in New York and have them print it up and I'll go pick it up. Yeah, some things will be a little less convenient. But there's a joy to the hunt, you guys. So I, I, I'm sitting on this dock. My mind's fucking firing because I'm off my devices and I'm on mushrooms. Oh, I forgot to tell you what Duncan said. So I said that... um I have this theory that, you know, when someone's coming back from a mushroom trip or an acid trip and you're like in between the there stage and the here stage and, and they start mumbling stuff and, 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 and it doesn't quite make sense. And when you're coming back from those trips, you're trying to say something to somebody, but your words are failing you. You're, you're, it's like you can't, it's like waking up from a dream and trying to tell someone what the dream was like and it's going away. It's going away every second. It's going away a little bit more and you're trying to tell people and they're not getting it and you're like, no, no, no hear me but you're trying to say like i don't know you're trying to say like red is the best color and you're like it's like 
the, the, the tone of the, of the, the dark more than orange. And you just can't express it right. So my theory is that when people are coming out of it, they still have one foot on that side and one foot in this side. So whatever they say, you should, you should go, okay, tell me more. Because when I'm on mushrooms, when people are on mushrooms, I've said this before, or on acid, you see a truth of the world. Whatever your truth is, you see it clearly. Your ego dies and nothing's holding you back from seeing an honest version of the world. And you see this honest level of what you want to be, what other people have been to you, all of it. What's important to you? I want to write a fucking travel book and I don't have fucking time because I'm on the goddamn computer all day. Getting nothing for myself. All the times I'm on ESPN, what has that added up to me? What, how, how have I grown because of that? So my theory was that you should listen to those people when they're on their way back because they're telling you something about that truth place that, that you lose when you're back here. That clarity that I get from traveling, but more so. So I told Duncan that, you know, he's a psychonaut. And he, his answer was, yeah, dude, but just so you know, like mushrooms, they don't literally take you anywhere. Right? I'm like, no, they don't. He goes, so what's really happening? I'm like, you know, your ego dies. I goes, yeah, your ego goes away and you're able to see the world clearly. Something along those lines. He, he, you know, he's a better expressionist for that shit than I am. But he says, so you're not really going anywhere. So that means you're already there. He goes, the answer is the truth. That's all around you. You just, you, you, you can access it whenever you want. And he goes, he started to do that through meditation, through just like, I don't know, clarity. And he said, like, you know, mushrooms and acid, that's fine. You can get there from that. But he said, some people think that's just cheating. Cheating or not, though, you're getting there. You know what I mean? Whether or not you use a spotter. Don't call it cheating. It's a spotter. Yeah, you need a spotter to lift up that fucking weight. You're still getting something out of it. So either way, it's the truth, man. It's the truth. So anyway, so I'm sitting on this dock. The fucking truth is pouring out of me on mushrooms. And I'm writing some shit down. And then, okay, I'm done with that for a while. It was, it was overwhelming. You know, it, it's mentally draining. And then I'm like, I want to get on a boat. And I was on Pier, I don't know what, Pier 17, I think. And then uh, I just looked around. I saw where some boats were going. I walked there. I was like, what's the next boat leaving? They're like, Bay Ridge. I'm like, hell yes. That's where Giannis and fucking Chris Deer are from. Yeah, one day Bay Ridge. How long do I have? They're like, 80 seconds. You better hurry up. I ran and I got on. I sat in a boat just to fucking feel the waves. And then I got off on Bay Ridge and just walked around. Okay, not using my device. Didn't plan to be there, so I don't even know what's to eat. I thought of going like, well, let me get on the phone and call Giannis or Chris D and say, hey, what, what's good to eat around here? My, my map, it's I just started to come back, okay? The mushrooms started to fade a little bit. You know, it started to wave down. It had waved up, and now it's waving down. And my hunger came back. I hadn't eaten anything but one slice of big tr- beef jerky in the morning from a fucking Chinese. But dude, walking through Chinatown on mushrooms is the fucking best. It is a foreign country down there. Okay, so so I just started walking. I was like, I got to find something. I'm not going to call Giannis or Chris D and find out the best Greek place. I'm just going to find it. And there was a joy to the hunt. 
there's something fun to, to, to finding something for yourself. It's interesting. It's, it's a fun challenge. You know? It's just like, it's fun. And then when you find something, you're like, ooh, a lot of people in there. That looks pretty good. Okay, let me walk on a little more. Put a pin in that. And then I went back and I ate and I had a fucking delicious goddamn. I tip too much. <laughs> when I'm high, when I'm tripping, man, I get loose with my money. <sighs> I want to feel the lack of connection. I want to at this point. I don't know what's going to happen. You know what? I thought of doing this in October anyway. And then I thought, um, you know, so if I have no connection, if I have no connection on, on email or on, on text or anything, then I'll just be more social. So I don't know what I'll do. I'll go to bars more. And I'm like, oh, I can't even do that in October, to be honest. I'm going to fucking go be sober at bars all the time. When I, got, when I moved here, I was afraid of not meeting people, and, and my, my friend told me that uh, here's what you do to meet people in New York, because he had, he had moved here like 10 years before me, 15 years before me, and then left. But um, he said, you go to a bar, you order a beer, drink it at a normal pace, order another one. When you're halfway through that second beer, you just will be talking to someone. And that might have been true before um, smartphones. But now, um, it doesn't really work. Doesn't really work. It might just be a New York and LA thing and Chicago who knows, but like, so you get this point of like boredom, you know, that's when things happen. You're bored. You're fucking sitting there, you're bored. And then eventually you like, you turn to talk to them. They're on their phone. So like, okay, not going to. And then they get bored. They look up at you. You're on your phone. They go, oh, you're on your phone. And then that moment's gone. But two moments, two, two attempts at a fucking connection that would have been a fun conversation. Not a lifelong friend. It's nothing that grand. Just a good conversation. You ever just get into a good five-minute conversation with a stranger? Enrich your life with some information, some perspective? It's been a while, right? doesn't happen that much. But when it happens, it's kind of nice. <sighs> yeah. You get off. You, you let it drive you to make friends. That's what happens when you're traveling. You get to a city and you're just like... You're just like, what, what are you guys doing? You're so fucking bored from a 10-hour bus ride. You just left your other friends. There's no one to connect to. You read a little bit. And then you're just like, fuck, I'm feeling lonely. And that feeling of loneliness, same as when you don't want to bomb, so you come up with a better tagline. That feeling of loneliness is a negative feeling. So you, you, you break that trance. You break that negative feeling by saying, oh, I had a shirt like that once. Did you? Hey, Yankees hat, it's our year. What do you think? It is our year, by the way. I'm calling it over and over again. It's our fucking year. The Yankees, we got it. As a, as a I hate Laker fan, this isn't great. There are people like, oh, they gave up a lot for AD. No, they didn't. Well, you think Lonzo Ball's good? He's a top defender. Really? Then why doesn't he start? Then why wasn't he starting to a fucking old-ass Rondo who hadn't been an all-star in fucking years? He's not even a starter on that team. Fuck off. Shit like this. I like getting into sports. That's fun. So you meet people. You get to a new hostel. You put your shit down. And you're just kind of bored for a day. You're like, I don't know anybody. It feels weird because it feels like everybody had already made friends. Even though you don't realize till later, they made friends yesterday. These aren't old friends. They're just old friends to you because they all look like they know each other. And then you walk around and by yourself in some weird city and taste some street food. And you come back and you wake up in the morning. You go to the breakfast and you haven't talked to anyone in 
in like 36 hours, 45 hours, something like that. And then around breakfast, it just happens. It just starts to happen. You just start to talk. And they're in the same mode and they start to talk to you and you're just fine. Yeah, someone else like, oh, you know, I'm leaving today. But that circle train around Yangon was like really fucking sweet. And some guy named Big Red is like, I'm going to go. I was like, you want to go with me? I was like, yeah, sure. And we went. We had a good time. We had a great time. It was fucking great. I saw that kid in another city days later and it was fucking gave him a hug. You just feel so connected. It ain't like that when you're not traveling, but it's similar. I want to go to sleep earlier. Why? I mean, you ever gone to sleep an hour later than you want to because you're on fucking learning and doing nothing? I'm, I'm done with it for a month. I'm going to Wales, Cardiff, Wales. I think it's sold out. Sorry if you didn't get tickets. And then from there to fucking Glastonbury Festival, I may or may not need a ride to the festival. And uh, I don't know, man. So, so I'm not bringing that shit with me. I'm going to change all my passwords or fucking, I don't have my Instagram and Twitter password now. I'm going to have Kelly change the fucking email password. I'm just not, I'm not going to open up my computer. I'll drain the battery to zero and not turn it on until I go July 31st. I go to Indianapolis and then I'm going to hang out with my friends in Chicago for a few days. And then I'm going to Milwaukee August 4th. And I won't have my phone on me because there's no reason to take it if I'm not using it. And then August 5th, I'll come back. I'll turn my texting back on. You make do. You make do. I found a great place in fucking wherever that place was where Giannis and Chris D live. I found a really good fucking Greek place and it was delicious. And I ate it. There's a joy to the hunt. When you find a place on your own, it feels better than when you fucking are told about it. It, it, it's it's okay. I mean, I'm reiterating at this point, but it's, it's just taken away my time for for art. Wow, look at all these trip notes. Oh, I'm just finding all these. You should have a Southern Hemisphere Shroom Fest date. Oh, good idea, Mushumari. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's some what? Oh, I know. Some subway dancers on the podcast. Yeah, Southern Hem- So I do Schumfest in the summer months, June, July, August. I know it's September, it's still summer, but kids are back in school and they want to participate too. So we trade the first two weeks of September for the first two weeks of June that technically is not summer. So the summer months, June, July, August, whatever weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, with the longest amount of moonlight. So if there's a full moon Saturday, for sh- I mean Sunday, for sure it's that. That's right in the middle. That means it's almost a full moon Saturday, almost a full moon Monday. Um, this year, strawberry full moon, right? What was it called? Full strawberry Monday. Next year, I think July 4th, 5th, and 6th. But it's because, you know, you're out. You want to be out at night. You want to have the moonlight. It's because, you know, I like going camping. That's something I've done a lot. And the moonlight lights up your whole way. And it's a bit of a negative where you can't see all the stars. You can't have that of the stars. But, you know, you can always celebrate Schoenfest early or late. Um, or twice. Southern Hemisphere Schoenfest. 
I don't know. We'll figure it out. But that's not fair that you guys have to have it in the middle of winter. So let's have a fucking, uh, right? Let's have a second day for the Southern Hemisphere to trip out in your summer. I think that's totally fair. I'll, fi- I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll, I'll tell it later. We got some time. Those two days that I was free because of that bet with Tripoli, that was a joy. That was a joy. It was supposed to be a punishment and a loss of bet, but I was happy. Another time, same for Tripoli also, you know, we have those black cock bombs. You guys know what those are? You get somebody's phone. It's less able to do it now. They're just locks and you use facial recognition. But before passwords really were there, um, you get somebody's phone and you just like instantly go to their Twitter and just the general rule was just saying, I love black cocks. And then if you could add like, you know, at Ari Shafir told me uh, that I was crazy, but I, you know, I think he's wrong or something like that. And then, then you see it and you'd be like, oh, cool, man, whatever. I'm, I wasn't against it. Be who you are. And then you retweet it. And the, the rule was if you, if you found somebody got you, you can't delete it. You can go on afterwards and go, that was fucking so-and-so, but you're not allowed to delete it. Have some fucking honor. Um, you know, for the joy of a prank. There's no money in it. This is the joy of a prank. And uh, so anyway, somebody black cock bombed Sam Tripoli on Facebook. Said, I love black cock. I need it in my life. If I don't have it, I'll shrivel up and die. I'm such a fan of black cock that it's ruining everything about me. So, you know, whatever. Uh, and so then I was like, oh, man, that's so, so that wasn't me. Someone else did that. I don't know who it was. But I was like, that's so cool, man. I'm so proud of you. Um, you know, inclusiveness. By the way, can we just admit when they call the gay pride parades, when they're like celebrate love? <laughs> have you guys been to a gay pride parade? It is four percent about love and ninety six percent about man on man fucking, which is also fine. But don't call it for a while. The one thing they were like, you should be able to get married. That's settled now. So now there's no love. It's just about fucking hardcore orgies. Celebrate your sexuality. It ain't love. You guys, do you know the gay community at all? Have you lived in West Hollywood? Do you have you seen the fucking six days a week fuck a separate dude situation they got going on there about love? Give me a break. <laughs> They're entitled to love, sure, but they got it. The law protects them now, so don't fucking make it about something it's not. About love. It's about fucking. Dude should be able to fuck ass. Say that in the window of a fucking H&M, you fucking cunts. I want to get back to pranks, man. I want to get back to making pranks. Art for the sake of art. For the sake of doing it. Have I told you guys about the Frisbee? When they train... Like... Stunt dogs, you know, those trick dogs that jump off your chest and catch a frisbee in the air. The way they train them is this. First, they tell them, you know, they, I don't know how they start. But, like, if you get the frisbee, you get a treat. Get the frisbee, get a treat. And they're going after that frisbee because they know in the back of their heads, I get a treat if I catch that frisbee. And then somehow, and I don't know how they do it, they replace the treat with the frisbee. So this is the hard part to wrap your head around. Catching the Frisbee is the treat. And maybe you can wrap your head around like this. You give a kid a, do- a, you know, a toy to a, a kid and they're like, yeah, thank you. I like that. This is a toy to the dog. They like it. And they've associated with like maybe love from their owner. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't know how it works. I'm not a fucking trick dog trainer. Relax. And so then the doing it is the goal. Put it, having a great set on stage, I'm translating to me, is the goal. The money... The kudos, 
That's bonus. Oh, there's a fountainhead quote about that. Oh, I got to find that shit. Oh, hold on. Here it is. I don't know what page it's on. I found it online. I don't know where it is exactly. Towards the end. This is a pure artist who's talking. I like to receive money for my work, but I can pass that up this time. I like to have people know my work is done by me, but I can pass that up. I like to have tenants made happy by my work, but that doesn't matter too much. The only thing that matters, my goal, my reward, my beginning, my end, is the work itself. My work done my way. Peter, there's nothing in the world that you can offer me except this. Offer me this and you can have anything I've got to give. My work done my way. A private, personal, selfish, egotistical motivation. That's the only way I function. That's all I am. Howard Rourke. Howard Rourke said that. Howard Rourke is the fucking, he's who I want to be. (sighs) Yeah, I want to get back to fun shit for fun shit's sake. And I ran out of time to pull the prank I planned on Lewis, the fucking revenge, before Skankfest. It'll still get done. But it should have been done last week. So a month off, and we'll see what I've lost. We'll see what I gain. That's it. That's not that long. A month off. You know? So what have I got to do to make that happen? I got to write down all my flights. Um, I got to... I write down where my rent goes, I guess. Pay that ahead of time. No, oh, I know where it goes. It goes to the fucking downstairs. I'm just moved. That's okay. So that's not a big deal. And then some phone calls. I'm going to tether my phone. If I can't make the landline happen, I'm going to literally tether my, my, my flip phone to my kitchen so I can't move it. Um, if any of my friends, no, they're not listening. But you can't text me. You can't email me. You can't iMessage me on my computer. You can't do any of it. Uh, call. And I won't be around. I won't be back in America until July 8th at night anyway. So I want to get back to that travel, Ari, man. And I think this, I think this is a good way to, to test it, to see how much of a hold. So the way it says in Adbusters of like, you know, of, of, of look away from the, from the advertising, you know. And you'll see when it comes – with your mindfulness about it, you'll see when it comes in. And I think I'll see maybe what I've missed, you know. I think I'll f- if I can figure out. We'll, we'll see. I don't. I actually don't know. We'll see. Um, a month and a half almost. So I'm leaving for for Wales. Um, I, honestly, guys, if you haven't got a ticket, there's like 20 tickets left. Um, for Glee on Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Um, it's Ari Shafir Jew. I don't know what else was performing. Some other people too, I think. But I'm doing the whole, my whole new, ne- next special. Summer 2020, coming to screens near you. Um, yeah, Chicago, November. Tickets will be up at some point. The Vic. <sighs> yeah, I just got to figure it out, and we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll be so bored and it'll hurt my life, and maybe I'll be fucking super happy, and I don't know. But, you know, with that time with Sam, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. So Sam got black cock bombed, Tripoli. 
And I and I didn't I don't know who did it, but I wrote on his I wrote on his wall. I was like, oh man, I'm so proud of you, you know. <laughs> so I got sidetracked on the fucking gay fucking. Um, I was like, so proud of you for who you are. And I just I found some picture online of this dude. I mean, double fisting his own dick, like 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 as Don Barra says, you know, both hands, fists around it, the head sticks. I mean, it's, it's a massive fucking Native American cock possibly fake just massive and i was like here you go dude i know you're into this i think it was black slash native american i don't remember anymore why do i think native american it had to be black if he was in a, if he was black got black cock bombed it doesn't really matter the point is it's massive and then facebook wrote me this is probably before twitter and instagram facebook wrote me and said um and said hey you violated the rules you posted some nudity and i wrote back no i didn't what are you talking about and then they just sent me that picture and they go do you recognize this and i was like all right fair enough and uh and they said, you're off Twitter. You're off, you're off Facebook, excuse me. You're off Facebook. And it felt so shitty. I was like, no. Now, a week later, they said, okay, we've, you've done your time. You can come back on. But dude, during that week, I just felt free. It was weird. I was really mad about it for them forcing me into it. But then I just felt freedom. And then when I was, then they let me back on, the, the part of me, the compartmentalized part that was like upset about it was happy because I got back on Facebook. And the other part of me was like, oh, well, it's been a nice run. See ya. You know what I mean? <sighs> so. So what I'm going to do is I'm off all that social media stuff. On my last post, I'll probably post like or I'll have Kelly post like my tour dates before I go. Um. And then I'll pre-record a few podcasts. I told you which ones I'll do. Um, two, let's say, for the month. Um, and then that's it. I'm not, I'm not getting on anything. And let's see how it goes. You know, I don't know. Let's see how it goes. I'm not ignoring you guys completely. And, I, and, and, and some of this might be like, ah, there's no reason not to do that. It might be like, no reason not to record podcasts. But I want to get off all of it and just see what it does. At first I was like, well, I can still text. But I'm like... But maybe don't even text. Maybe just arrange with people like when I'm going to meet you and figuring it out. There's, there's that joy to figuring it out that we've lost. I, I didn't learn the New York subway map until I fucking got off my iPhone, until I traded in for a flip phone. And then I learned the map in like three days just from necessity, just from looking at it. You know, I missed the F and I'm like, fuck. And the M would come. I'm like, I, I don't, my thing said to take that one. I, I don't know what to take and then you learn like which lines go which way so i'll see you guys uh you know beginning of august i guess uh no 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 you guys are my listeners you'll still i'll still give you a couple more podcasts before then um so i'll see you i got glee um i'm at Skankfest now not doing the fucking revenge i should have done and then uh you know nothing's going on for me you won't hear from me at all until I don't have that many dates. My next date is fucking Indianapolis, July 31st. If you live out there, know people, do me a favor and help me fucking promote it because I'm not going to be promoting it. And then the Turner in Milwaukee, August 4th. And my next one after that is the Borgata, September 7th. So, you know, I'll be back in. I'll be back then. Let me quickly run down my dates, I guess, just so I tell you all of them. Just so you can do it for me. But they'll all be there. Um, just for, oh, just for last. I'm doing storytelling shows. July 24th, 25th, 26th. I'm doing Ari Shafir's renamed storytelling shows. Three of them at midnight at Cleopatra, the old place, you guys. Um, 
Should be fun. Atlantic City, September 7th, the Borgata. Madison, September 19th through 21st. Brea, September 26th to 28th. First week of, of uh, October is Dallas and Houston. I want to go to a fucking Cowboys game then, too. Uh, Nashville in October. November, I got San Jose, Chicago, and then very possibly something big announcement in December. Um, I mean, obviously, you know what it is. Um, yeah, that's it, you guys. I, I, dude, I feel this anxiety right now. It's crazy. As I know, I'm going to log off soon. I feel a level of anxiety. That shouldn't be. How addicted are we? That Am I? How addicted am I that I feel that level of anxiety for like being done? I'm going to Wales on, on Monday morning. So, I mean, I ain't checking my email after that. I might bring my phone with me to keep up with my camp at, at Glastonbury. I'm doing two sets. By the way, if you wrote down my set time, I'm trying my damnedest to get out of fucking performing at the same time The Cure is performing on the 30th anniversary of Disintegration. So it might shift around on Sunday. But Friday, I'm doing a set, and probably I'll, I'll hang out afterwards and smoke reefer if you guys got it. Um, doing whatever. Is that mine? Nope, someone else. Um, but the, if, if I do perform at the same time as The Cure, or right before, as soon as I'm done with that set, I'm gone. So, you know, you can come watch it if you want, but I ain't going to be there afterwards. Um, yeah, and then we'll see what... Wow, it's so weird, this fucking anxiety. Why? That's an addiction. You feel it pulling away from you. I mean, I did the same thing before Sober October. I'm like, I don't want to give up drugs. I don't want to give up drugs. I'll read more. I'm going to walk around the city more. I'm going to enjoy fucking New York in the summertime. I'm going to try to pay off a bet that I've been mean to pay off. I'm going to get revenge on Lewis. I'm going to fucking skateboard. I'm going to fucking bike. I'm going to play some basketball. I'm going to walk around more. I'm going to drink at night with friends. I'm going to drink so much this summer. I'm going to have a good time and get back to what I was. And listen, honestly, maybe it's because I'm old or something. I don't know. And I'm unable to deal with it. I don't know. I can't speak for everyone. Perhaps if you grew, if you were nine when you got your first smartphone, you know how to handle this. That's possible, but it ain't working for me. It it just ain't working for me, and I gotta do something. So I'm gonna take a month off, a month and a half, I guess. When when am I leaving? Twenty twenty fourth, twenty fifth. I leave twenty fourth, twenty fourth, twenty fifth, and um, twenty fourth, and uh. I'm done with email from then until I get back from Milwaukee, August 5th. I guess a month and a half. That's not crazy. Why should I be worried about it? Why should I be worried when it's not that crazy? I've got almost no shows to promote. You know, Montreal, the Just for Last Festival, I just told you. Indianapolis and, and Milwaukee. I'm not Milwaukee. Yeah, Milwaukee. Um, so why should I be... So it's not that. It's not the business like I'm going to fucking go broke. And honestly, you guys, I mean, the more I think about it, I see these negatives in my friend's life. I mean, Bert has figured out a way to make promotion his art form. He has this unique thing where 
he's on there, but that's that's how he's making jokes. He's making jokes through his Instagram stories. You know, he's making jokes of dropping in, um, promoting dates as the joke in in places where it shouldn't be. It's it's he's he's managed to to to, to tie in promotion and laughs, and that's great. So he's doing his art form. I still thinks he's addicted to it. Because there's moments where you can't just sit and relax. He's always got to be giving, making things. Where it's like, you got to be growing too. I'm not, in, I'm not in this thing of like, we got to rush to fucking give people stuff. I am a free performer. I am a free individual artist. Where I, I, I don't have to answer anyone. So, if I make half as much money as I do, it's still way too much. They'll never find us if we turn off our phones. We're off the grid, we're off our meds, we're finally out on our own. Now I see color coming back in your cheeks. Angel, don't fight it to them. You know we'll always be freaks. To them we'll always be freaks. We'll always. That's it. I'm about to go off. I'm leaving tomorrow. Oh, I got two more days of Skankfest. Um, maybe I'll upload this on Sunday so people can't. I, I did not get the revenge done on Lewis in time. And it's it's because of this. I had this great fucking idea and I didn't have the time. But I did. I had it. I just wasted it. So I'll still do it. I mean, the deal we made was that I just won't throw piss or shit on him or bodily fluids on him in the in the confines of Brooklyn Bazaar and in return our feud is over there's no more revenge after that no more payback so it'll still happen but I do like the idea that Lewis was fucking scared <laughs> the whole time looking over his shoulder of what's about to happen oh, day one of Skankfest was great um, so when I do put this up Sunday day I guess um, I'll be going the next day to Glastonbury. I'm sorry, to Cardiff first, and then to Glastonbury, and then uh, and then um, I guess I'll take my my phone with me to 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 Glastonbury to contact my group and stuff, and then that's it. I'm off. I saw this, and I think this will make maybe uh, illustrate it what my overall point is because obviously I think there are there's some super positives to the internet. I don't want to come off like. There's nothing good. It's so helpful. The tool we have. I mean, I talked to Callie Lassen at, at Adbusters, and that podcast will come out at some point soon. But, like, the power to change. The Irish Spring. Irish, Irish Spring. <laughs> Arab Spring. <laughs> um, it was all caused by this fucking amazing, amazing invention, the Internet. But at some point in my life, I think the negative might outweigh the positive and it's kind of like you know when you're when you drink too much not when you're an alcoholic when you drink too much or smoke pot too much and it's like man it's like i should be able to do it moderately and i haven't been able to so i don't know i'll pull back i'll pull back isn't it crazy how it's that big a deal it shouldn't be that big a deal but here's what i saw to really illustrate it day one of Skankfest. it was this woman i'm trying not to say names anymore because i i think the, unless it adds something to the story like somebody from childhood or something um, I saw Bill Burr say it in a Rogan podcast. I'm trying to have less confrontation in my life. <laughs> I get too much. So anyway, I saw this lady. Um, 
downstairs. I was trying to work on this podcast. I was using my computer. And she comes in and she says something about how there were some jugglers uh, or someone had some, some um, I don't know, she says something. She was on mushrooms and she mentioned it. You know how some people like to mention when they're on mushrooms. I used to. Now I try to like not say anything, just have my fucking experience. But anyway, so what, they, they hired this juggler. They hired some circus people, some sideshow people to, to be part of Skankfest. I don't know what they did. But they came in and they were using the green room. And this guy, this Spanish guy um, – he came in with these glow in the dark or not glow in the dark, like light up juggling pins. And she was like, oh, I wanted to see that juggling because she was like, and the guy was like, put him away. And she goes, because I'm on mushrooms right now. It looks like it'd be so cool. And this dude, I mean, for the love of the moment, that's what art form is. When at, me and Renazisi had this thing, right? Where we were in, um, we were, we were in um, Bonnaroo. And we were leaving the final show. He got there. He had to work you know, a weekend somewhere. And he, oh, my God. I mean, you can ask him about it. He loved it. I rented an RV. The guy took the RV back. So we had to actually take, get a, buy a tent and just sleep in a tent in the RV parking. Last night at Bonnaroo, we saw uh, whatever's left of Grateful Dead, Dead & Co. Um, we, they did two sets. We thought they were going to be the same set. And we got two gacked up on mushrooms. Um, on the way to, to go see Dead & Company, we just stopped. And, like, you know, you just sit in the grass. I can't move for a while. I got to stare up. And we were right next to the stage for Umphreys McGee. And we just kept laughing about how, like, whoa, the Grateful Dead is really cool. Because <laughs> we were like, that's where we were supposed to be. We just kept making jokes and dying laughing about how interesting the sound of the Grateful Dead is these days. Um. And anyway, so we did get to the Grateful Dead. This dude, uh, for the last song, he let me use his glasses, those kaleidoscope glasses. And I was like, what the fuck? He goes, yeah, right? Anyway, we finished. And there was this lady. I don't know what you call them. Not circus freaks, but the people who know all the fucking hula hoops and the, the light up shit. I don't know, fire dancers. So she had this stick, this like spear that she would spin. And as she spun, it would light up and it would make shapes like flowers. And the, you know when you look into a hubcap and it like looks like a thing, even because it's spinning so fast, it looks like something else. So it would light up and you see like flowers and stuff. And uh, we we saw her, and we and as she was stopping and she was leaving with a group, I'm like, wait, what, what was that? And she goes, yeah, it's this thing I do. And her group was leaving. We're like, whoa! And she saw it. She saw it. And there's no money in it. She wasn't working. But that's what she does. That was her fucking passion. Was this shit? And she saw it. You got these two guys that are fucking flying on mushrooms. And she was like, there's a horn outside. She goes, yeah, there's, I mean, in her head, she's, she's like, this is the moment. This, this is what I train for. This is what I train for. Absolutely. I, I talk about it on the next week's podcast or in two weeks, whatever it is, with Chuck Palahniuk. The nod. You'll hear it then. Palahniuk. Um, the nod. It's all about the nod. Uh, and she started doing it and we're like, what? And then a crowd of like six or seven people showed up and we're just like, what? like a mouth agape at this lady spinning this spear and like twirling around her neck and her, her and her body. And we were just like, whoa. And then she's like, after like maybe five minutes, maybe 20, I don't know. She goes, all right, I gotta go guys. And we fucking apl- naturally, it wasn't like one person started it. We all just applauded. She killed it. She killed. 
It's those moments, dude, of a fucking performance that she fucking killed for seven people. Um, yeah, the amount of people you kill for is, is, has, has, is of ill concern. I saw Joey Diaz, one of the first sets I kill. I saw him ever kill was in the comedy store, and it was like in late night, late night in the main room in front of about seven people. I remember Rogan saying this is the, what separates real comics from like okay comics is the ability to do well in front of like a small group of people. You know, a spread out main room where it looks like a bomb has gone off. It ain't like when it's packed and anybody can crush. And man, oh, Danny Lucas, the sound guy, was hitting him with some fucking 70s like Zeppelin and Hard Rock. And he would just go off. That's right. I think Rogan might have been there. And um, he was going off, crushing in front of, I mean, maybe 15 people, maybe. Could, be, could have been less. Um, anyway, this lady crushed in front of that. So come back to Skankfest and it, the guy was like putting his things away. She's like, oh, mushrooms would have been cool. And he just looked and saw her. And the, the ceiling was maybe eight feet high, nine feet high. No room for juggling pins. And he was like, oh. And he lit up his fucking pins, his bowling pins. So this is like colorful, rainbow, bright color, like made of light. Bowling pins. He starts juggling. And she's like, whoa. And now here's the big moment. She said out loud hold on a second and went to her phone and went to record it for posterity or something. Let's just say she's not wrong to do any of this, but, but I, I was a judgy moment and calm because I'm in the middle of recording this podcast, right? I'm halfway through the last one to this one. And I'm like, no, no, watch it. Be in the moment. And she's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And she put her phone back down. And, and again, it wasn't wrong. But that she, that she went for her phone instead of using her eyes for this. Like, that's what it's doing to people. That's, battery, I know. That's what it's doing to all of us. All right, little battery, fine. Fucking doing my bone stimulator. That's going to keep happening. That she went for her phone to have that experience instead of having it. it it's, that's the negative. That's the negative. That, that, that it incentivizes us to go for likes over liking what we're doing, over enjoyment. That the actual, you know what I mean? The actual experience we're having, the experience. We're not showing the world that experience. We're stopping the experience to show the world because of that, because of that commerce, that likes commerce, the value in the likes. You know, I, I don't mind making a movie about or writing a book about some shit after you're done with it. But to stop in the middle of it so you're not having the experience. I, I was at a Florence and the Machine show at, at Governor's Ball. How should I say this? I was at a Florence and the Machine show at Governor's Ball and she says this thing. I found a recording of it, but it wasn't quite the same. And she said, she pretty much said, guys, put, you got to trust me on this one, please. She goes, do you trust me? Does everyone trust me? And um, I was thinking, no, absolutely not. I do not trust you. You're going to make me fucking hug my neighbor. 
or some shit like that, which I'm fine when I'm with my girlfriend, but I'm not fine if like turn to your left, they're fine, but not turn to your back to the other way and hug the other person. I don't want to do this, Florence. Please don't make me do this. But I was like, no, I don't trust you. But people start going, yeah, yeah. And of course, it was a festival, so it's a lower percentage of her hardcore fans that had her shows. But they put on a fucking show. When we, oh, here's another example that I think I've mentioned when we did the fucking um, podcast, uh, uh, the, the, the Bonnaroo podcast with me and Michelle and, and Big J and Soder and, we, and, and, and Mark Norman. We just talked about our Bonnaroo experience. Florence and the Machine, Florence, came off stage barefoot as a fucking wood nymph. And, um, all right, stop buzzing. How do I fucking cover this shit up? And she runs, she jumps off stage on fucking stones, runs around. We're in the artist area. And she runs her, by the way, that podcast was called, uh, Bonnaroo, the opposite of Charleston. (laughs) Um, um, and she runs around through the crowd and then comes all the way around us. So she goes behind us. And now she's fucking eight feet from us. Eight feet away from us. I mean, honestly, no more than that. Passing by, singing her fucking ass off. This fucking fairy. And Jay, Big Jay, taps me. And this is not an attack on him, but he taps me on the shoulder. He goes, oh, look at this, look. And he showed me his phone where he had recorded either the... A video or a picture, and it got how close she was. And I'm like, Jay, it's happening now. This is happening right now. You're, you're trying to show me a picture of what is currently going on. You're, you're averting my eyes to show me that you got the shot. We're missing it. We're all missing it. It's happening over and over again. We are fucking missing it. So anyway, she goes, um, at this one, she goes, do you guys trust me? And then she goes, do me a favor. For just this next song, I think it was Dark Days Are Over. It was going to be. For just this next song, please, everyone. Let's all agree to put your phones away. I think the, cl- the clip I saw, it says she got it from fucking, um, who's the chick in, in England who's always singing about her breakups? Um, I forget. Who is she? Oh, Adele. And she goes, just put your phones away. And she goes, I know some of you might be getting your phones out to film me saying this. Don't be better than that. Don't film all the people without their phones. Be part of it. And she goes, and if you see your neighbor having their phones on, politely tap them on the shoulder and ask them to turn their phones away too. I love the way she phrased it. Here's how she phrased it. She goes, tap them on the shoulder and have them put their phones away. And she goes, we are, we are trying to have a collective experience. 
And we are, man. I think she phrased that so beautifully and perfectly. And I fucking, I had to introduce the naked roast yesterday. And I fucking used that exact wording. We are trying to have a collective experience. The, the phones and the shit, internet was thrust on us and we just didn't have time to make an etiquette about it. So we're doing it on the fly and, and it's just not there. You know, at my parents' age, it was like, don't don't call when people are dinner. Like, how do you know when dinner is? I guess dinner was at the same time all the time. But we just don't have that now. Even the moments of like, the phone is buzzing in your pocket. You're still talking to somebody. You're not going to get it. You just look to see who it was and put it away. You have left the moment for a second. You've lost your fucking, you've lost the fact that you've lost yourself in it. So if the phone does that to you, if the phone can take you out of there, the computer, it must also be doing something to you. YouTube is now a place of negativity. Not always. Not always. There's still some fucking positive shit there. That's the insidious part. It pulls you in because you do need it for some shit. And then it keeps you there for the bad. My friend Ariel John has a bit about it. He goes, I type in my computer. I mean, I type in my typewriter. I do all my work on my typewriter. And people say, don't you find you do a lot less work? Or just a lot slower to be on your typewriter? And he goes, no, because my typewriter cannot access porn. I've been there. You go to like, oh, let me just do this. I'm writing, doing real work towards my art form, writing. And then I'm like, let me look up the exact number of a reference I'm using or the exact city. And I look it up. And then 40 minutes later, I'm like, what? Am I on YouTube or Facebook right now? What, what happened? What I had to look up took 30 seconds. And I'm still, and you just don't even notice. I, I just don't even notice it. So I'm out. I'm gone. I'm going to Glasgow. I'm going to have a great fucking time and get dirty as fuck. I think my buddy Matt Kirshen, uh was cool enough to do a switch with me, so I'm going to be going on before the Cure show. Guys, pay that guy back by going to see his set. Um, whenever you can, they're late. If, you, if you're looking for a fucking show to see, go see Matt Kirshen. Give him drugs at Glastonbury. Give him drugs and say, thank you for hooking up, Ari. Here's some drugs for you, whatever they are. Um, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But the cure is the one bad 30th anniversary of disintegration. I really want to see that. Um, plus, if you if you make fucking white paint all over your face, you can't really see how old Robert Smith is going to be because <laughs> of the paint. <laughs> um, I'm out. And so here's what I expect, and I have no idea what it'll do to me. I expect I'll be bored a lot more, a lot more boredom, which will, I expect, result in me having more interactions with friends. I expect I'll do more writing towards my art form, probably record more podcasts, to be honest, which make you guys happy. Um. What else should I expect from this? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else will happen. I'll probably I'll get bored. I'll be more creative. I'll be more social. I'll probably drink 
a fuckload more and do more drugs. But that's what I wanted to do the whole summer anyway. That's my goal for the summer, to drink a lot more on the streets of New York. And um, I don't know. I don't know. And I think it'll sort of like give me, give me back to me. F- you know, f- find my brain. In the morning, my, my, my buddy Sam, she, uh, my manager, she, um, she journals every morning. She doesn't get on her, on her computer because she, I, she, I like the, the thought of it. Your mind is resetting. And that's when you're the most creative. It's all flowing into you. And we just bury it really quickly by checking email and, and like seeing all the responsibilities, what I've missed. And it's like, I, I think I'll do more morning stuff. I think I'll go on more walks and, and appreciate this fucking great city like I did when I was on Mushrooms walking around and just getting on a boat to goddamn Bay Ridge. But we'll see. Um, we'll see. So... The next two podcasts I'm going to have for you guys uh, for while I'm gone is uh, is one from uh, Chuck Polinick on the Cacophony Society. That'll be the next one. The one after that um, will be with a homeless person. And then uh, I guess when am I when am I I'm back August fourth from my no August fourth is my 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 date in in um in Milwaukee and then I'll be back August fifth and I'll <sighs> maybe I'll record a podcast that day. Yeah, I might I might do half that day and then half like three days later after I'm like back in and see see the see the change. I don't I don't know I don't know we'll see. But I'm pretty excited about it. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm pretty excited about getting back to fucking. My thoughts and being clear and seeing what it does. So, you guys, you're the best. I, I, I love you guys and I love that you've given me the ability. My fans, you know, the people who fucking listen to this. When you say like, yeah, I listen to your podcast at the shows. I'm like, well, that's – I tell everybody. Like, that's why I do it, for you to show up. That's why I do it. So, I am making enough money now. I'm making more than the fucking league minimum 1500 a week, you know, the get by. I'm making considerably more than that. So, it's like – if I give up half my fucking income because I can't promote shit, you know what? So be it. So be it. What are we looking for in life? I'm looking to fucking have a fulfilled life. And uh, I think this will lead me to a more fulfilled life or at least like help me along the way. I might fall right back into it for sure. You know, it's like a diet and then you have one cheat day and then you fucking full on go back into eating garbage. Like, why not just have the cheat day? Why not just fuck up and like, oh, shit, I messed up, but go right back to it. <sighs> yeah, anyway, guys, you're the best. Um, I will see you. Uh, I'll see you on the other side. I don't know.
think maybe the answer is more in looking up and out, and I just wanted to... So I was wondering, as a reminder to me, uh, if we could, for this one song, all put our phones away. <laughs> because when I wrote this song, I was falling in love, and it's that kind of love where you fall in love with one person, and then it makes you fall in love with everybody, and with every place that you go, and every person you meet, and that is how I feel when I play it. So I was wondering, for this song, can we remember it with our eyes, our ears, and with each other? <laughs> and don't be that guy filming everyone else not on their phones, because 100% I can always see you, and it bumps me out. Yeah.